Episode three of Drinks, Tea, and Everything in Between begins now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Drinks, Tea, and Everything in Between. My name is Aaron. I am your host of this amazing show. And welcome back to another great episode. Here, I have one of my wonderful friends, Morgan Bell, joining us today. We dive deep into the world of small creatures that fly around, and you might be, what is that? Or you know, but that is insects. And we go specifically into pollinators, bees, and butterflies, and all the things that uh, help flowers grow and make things like honey. So it's super cool. I've learned a lot. I know a lot about animals and everything, of course, because there's so much to know. But Morgan specifically teaches me a lot individually about these amazing animals that call this world home and you know a lot of them we don't even get to see every day because we are doing the things that we do best which is living life and doing our things that we uh, do on our daily basis so um, sit back relax it's a really cool episode and I hope you learn some things too but more importantly uh, I hope you enjoy so here we go with Morgan Bell as our amazing guest and let's dive in here we go And we are back with another episode. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that this person is here. Um, I kind of hinted already what this amazing person does, um, but uh, why don't you go ahead and say hello. Hi, Morgan. Hi, I'm so <laughs> excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here as well. I, I knew this was gonna happen as soon, soon off the bat, as soon as I started this thing, that I was gonna have you on here. So Morgan and I have been friends for not a long time. Probably coming up on a year. Yeah, just about a year. Yeah, um, is when we've been friends. But it's feel like felt like a long time. We've hung out so many times and gone to do things like go to the rodeo and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I brought her on here so we can share the love of insects that we have and conservation for for insects all around the world, especially things that she does and her job. Which I'll let her uh, do that in just a second and kind of introduce herself, so you can learn a little bit about who Morgan is. But first. Um, let's start off with what we're drinking. I would ask what she's drinking, but coincidentally, we're drinking the same thing. <laughs> we are. Great minds think alike. It is. Go ahead and tell them what it is. Okay, it's Honeybee Citrus Blonde Ale. It's made by First Magnitude Brewing um, Company, and they... This one's super cool. I'm honestly obsessed with it because it's made with honey from honeybees that visited plants inside solar arrays which sounds kind of complicated but it relates super directly to my work which i think is super cool so it is it is absolutely incredible it's a delicious beer it is super smooth and you can taste the honey and it's not fake it is a true honey which is super enjoyable i had i think i talked about in my last episode that i had this like honey kind of citrus orange thing in the honey and orange taste so fake and it was at epcot and it was just so bad but this is delicious and if you ever can get your hands on it, highly recommend it. The cover art is gorgeous as well. It has like some flowers and some orange um, kind of design, but most importantly, it has bees. It has bees <laughs> and they're serving it in Epcot for Earth Month. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh so. my gosh. So go check it out. It's the Honey Bee Citrus Blonde Ale from First Magnitude Brewing Company. Um, and that's in Gainesville, Florida. It is absolutely delicious. And what an easy start to <laughs> what we're drinking for sure. Oh my gosh. So Morgan, um, I know what you do and I'm sure a lot of the viewers that are friends of ours know what you do, but tell the people who don't know 
a little bit about what you do and why it's important when it comes to the world of conservation, especially with bugs. Yeah, okay, so I work specifically with bees and other pollinators inside solar arrays. So that's what I study. I am um, work in part of with the conservation team at Animal Kingdom in Disney. So I just get to go around all day long running around inside these solar facilities, looking at the plants that we've planted out there and seeing our bees visiting them, our butterflies visiting them, um, how the plants are doing, and then essentially take all that information and figure out you know, what we've learned and how to keep increasing the scale. So it's a fun gig. I really love it. Yeah, no, it's right up your alley. And I, a little bit behind how we met is uh, she worked for NEI for a short time. Mm -hmm. um, she was a seasonal, became a full-timer for a short bit. Um, but Morgan, her background, she was a high school teacher, right? <laughs> and oh she's a very, very smart woman. And uh, she has so many passions, especially when it comes to little bugs. Mm -hmm. And um, and when I met her, I mean, she was working with, with us, with the birds, and we hit it off and hit it off with a lot of our trainers there, and we're still all really good friends, um, even though she is no longer with NEI. But yeah, but we know that this is where she needs to be because um, just like you here in A Bug's Life, yes. <laughs> it's tough to be a bug. We're pollinators! <laughs> we need them! The pollinators are so important. They are truly important, and if you think that show is silly, it's important because no. it really tells a story, and you didn't know that there are people working on this every single day, yes. and Morgan is on that team. So, um, we'll go a little bit more. I'm going to interview her just about the bees. We can learn a bit more. We can talk about all sorts of bugs. I would like to talk about spiders because they're misunderstood animals, but if we don't get to it, it's okay. But we are going to try. But before... I really wanted to chat about and kind of get our opinions on this show that is uh, new to Disney Springs. You probably know what I'm talking about. It is Drawn to Life by Cirque du Soleil. And I recently saw it, Morgan saw it not too long ago. And uh, tell me, what was your opinions on it? Oh, okay. I, I'm obsessed with Cirque du Soleil. I love going, like, I don't spend my money on anything faster than I do a Cirque du Soleil show. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed. And so I was excited about this one way back when they first announced it and then it was on pause forever because of the state of the world. And then it finally came back, jumped on it, got to go see it and it was perfection. It was my favorite one I've ever seen and I held back tears more than one time, which oh I'm not ashamed to no, say. No, I cried. It was so, so good. Many. Yes, and it, I've never seen a Cirque du, Cirque du Soleil show live in person. I have seen them on like KLRN, mm -hmm. PBS, when they would come on um, shows like in Vegas and stuff, but I've never been able to see one in person. I know what it's about. I know it's a circus style show that really has a story and not just the circus yes. acts. And so um, I knew the the precipice and the storyline of this show vaguely. Yeah. It was based off like an animator for uh, Disney and the, oh my goodness, the artwork for the show is incredible. The set was mind-blowing and the stunning and the fact that little things that they did interacted in the bigger scale of things yes like oh and so it was good. it was such a beautiful marriage between like classic Cirque show and Disney like yes. they pulled in all of these Disney elements in such a like a fluid and subtle way so it wasn't like I'm watching a Disney show I'm watching like it was it was straight down the middle so beautiful and my favorite thing that Cirque does is all of their shows, for the most part, it doesn't matter what language you speak or where you're from, like you can digest the story just the Absolutely. same. 
And so, like, there were people behind me and next to me that were speaking different languages, and they fully understood what was happening just the same as I did, which was correct. amazing. Because it's, correct me if I'm wrong, if, is it a, it's a French company or a French Canadian company? I think it's French Canadian. I think they're based in Montreal. That makes more sense. I think. Yeah, but yeah. there shows there's mm-hmm. French in there. Yeah. So, but French Canadian uh, language and dialect. So, like, certain uh, characters that come out, they're speaking French. So, mm-hmm. um, and they they're based off not necessarily talking but making noises so like laughing and and like mm-hmm. oh and big expressions versus um talking and telling yeah. a story with words. monologue yeah words mm-hmm. and and uh you're right the story was super easy to digest and it was beautifully mixed with disney where it wasn't just overwhelmed taking over Cirque du Soleil mm-hmm. but it was beautifully woven together and seen some classic circus acts in there like with the the big contraption that was in the center of the stage, the clock spinny thing. Yes, and and I've seen those in Ringling Brothers shows yeah, same. forever, and an amazing feat, and to see it in kind of a theater aspect. Yeah, and it was beautiful because the thr- the stage is a thrust, and if you don't know stages, that's a thrust is a stage that pr- comes out to the audience. So there's not like a a flat line. It that's that big uh, kind of. U shape where it's able to go into the audience and you kind of wrap around it and so you there's not a bad spot to sit no i don't recommend sitting on the bottom because there is things that happen more upstage yeah which is arguably better because you know like you you don't have to pay for floor seats hello and there's stuff that happens in the audience too yes yeah that was my exact recommendation when someone went a couple weeks ago i was like sit further back sit further back it sounds bad but you'll see so much more when it comes to the show absolutely incredible 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10. Would recommend. <laughs> 100%. It is so good. Check out Cirque du Soleil at Disney Springs if you haven't done so already, yeah. and you will not regret it. I cried so many yeah, times. Yeah, you'll probably cry. <laughs> and that's okay. I did it. It's I did it. Good cries. Good yeah, cries. Okay, Jeff was like, why are you crying? And I was like, first of all, I haven't seen a show like this in a long yeah. time. And We've been stuck inside, and shows are expensive. They really are. And it's, yes. it was beautifully done, and... Um, I being a performer, I'm like I miss doing theater mm-hmm. like this, and so like I just emotional that way, and I it was just yeah so many things beautiful show. Enough with that. <laughs> we could talk <laughs> probably for a little bit longer about Cirque du Soleil, but um, let's go into into bugs. Bugs are important, guys. We have so many insects on our planet. Invertebrates take up ninety seven percent of things on planet Earth, and invertebrates are things without a backbone. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have an exoskeleton or they just don't have a backbone in general. And that's what makes these animals invertebrates. And it's important. And there's people just like Morgan who are out there doing those things and, and doing work with their conservation to help them all over planet Earth. Right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, let's talk about bees in general because that's the main pollinator that you're working with. Mm-hmm. And um, fun fact, I call her on a regular basis. <laughs> My name for Morgan is Bee Conservationist Morgan. And hers for me is... Future pilot Aaron Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So future pilot Aaron Rose, that is me. Um, and Aaron Rose is my name for NEI. Uh, my NEI name, I guess you can say. Uh, it's a very long story. I can explain mm-hmm. it a different time. But um, a lot of my friends and coworkers who work with me call me Aaron Rose. Long story. But it's really fun. And I want to be a future okay. pilot. So that's yeah. our names for each other. And they, we're I sticking it. to it. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about the bees. Um, so we have honeybees. That's the most common mm. thing that people can think of, right? Oh, yes it is. Yes, but, <laughs> but. There's, there's so many more. There's so many thousands of species. And mm-hmm. I was just telling someone the other day, 
because um, I've been telling everyone, I'm, I'm interviewing Morgan, I'm interviewing Morgan, we're gonna talk about bees, it's gonna be a great time. But I was like, um, you don't know that something's a bee. Yes. And you might think it's a wasp or mm-hmm. a fly. And no, my, oh, surprise, it's a species of bee. Yeah. And so how many species of bee are on planet Earth? We have about 20,000 in the whole world, okay. which is already an amazing number. And 4,000 in the US, roughly. And then a little over 300 just in Florida alone. So Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of bees. And I mean, most times I tell people I work with bees, they're the first thing they picture is the honeybee. Correct. Which makes sense. You know, I can't fault people for that. It's it's the stereotypical image of a bee we all see is a honeybee, maybe a bumblebee occasionally, but, but most people are hard-pressed to think of any bees beyond that. Correct. Um, but there's so many. There's like these teeny tiny ones that are the size, like smaller than a grain of rice is the tiniest bee. And then bigger ones that are like the size of golf balls. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And, you know, and so I, I point this out to people and it's super exciting to, to see, you know, them realize that there's just this whole world of bees that they didn't even think about. Yes. You know, there's ones that are like neon green or neon blue or purple and there's some that are completely hairless like not fluffy at all and then there's you know bumblebee species that are super fluffy so like they run the gamut in terms of you know what they can do what they specialize on what they eat how they look all of those things correct which you know is super cool and so my whole quest in life is to convince people and show them that there are other bees in the world and that hopefully one day when I tell people I work with bees they think of something other Correct. And it's nice because even on our on our beers here, because it's the honey bee citrus blonde ale is a honey bee. And, mm-hmm. and of course, because they are the big species that comes to creating honey yeah. for living things, the mm-hmm. honey that we eat. And I mean, there's thousands of types of honey, so it's not always from the bees, but um, it's, it, it's an amazing thing to think about, but they're not even from North yeah. America. No, they're not even native. And... Um, you know, honeybees are, are kind of like the chickens of the insect world. They are amazing for agriculture. And, you know, so they have this, this benefit in the sense of they do, they're really, really good at finding pollen and pollination, which is completely accidental on their part, but we need that right for all our food. And they're really, really good at it. So in this one sense, you can rear up all these honeybees and have them in a hive and transport them wherever you need pollination, say like a giant almond grove in the middle of somewhere. And then once you, they're done foraging there, once they've pollinated everything, you just pack them up and move them somewhere else. So it's a great industry for people, and it's really good for agriculture, but they are better at pollination in most cases than native bees. So they take away the ability for native bees to do that same thing, and you know they outcompete them in most cases, and so... They're great for agriculture, mm-hmm. but they're not great for the bees that do live here. Correct. They need to be able to do this. So, um, speaking of that, real quick, because I realized what I said is that not all honey comes from bees, and is that not necessarily true? Bees make honey, but and and they're the only ones that can make honey. But um, honeybees, like the European honeybee that we think of, is the is the main one that makes honey. But there are also other species of honeybees that can make honey, just not. Not as well. Not as well. Okay, so when when you go to the grocery store and you see clover honey or Mm -hmm. um, melanuca. Yeah. Okay, honey, it's it's the type of plant. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you can get bees that can visit. I mean, they could go out and just you know you've seen wildflower honey and that's them visiting a bunch of different species or. They could go somewhere where they're exclusively only getting pollen and only getting nectar from 
one specific type of plant and then that generally influences how the honey will taste. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I take back what I said because now that I think about it, I was like, well, I, I think I just said something wrong, which is true because you're right. They, they're the only ones that can make honey, but they're just taking the pollen from specific plants mm -hmm. in specific locations and groves or farms and that's generating how that pot, that honey is going to taste, yeah, which is why exactly. there's so many options in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Amazing, amazing. And um, what I was going to say is they are amazing creatures and you think about that the European honeybee is is that number one and it's sad to think that yeah. that all these other bees are out there doing a great job but mm -hmm. just not as good yeah and speaking of not as good um i had a conversation with one of my old roommates about european honeybees and are they in invasive yeah technically technically because mm -hmm. yeah, they they're are not native fun. yep exotic yeah. invasive and i think you know part of the criteria of invasive is that they do out compete and they you know do better in a given environment okay and yeah honeybees definitely fit the bill because they just you know in their sheer numbers and just their ability to go gather pollen and nectar better um they're just they're just so good at it yeah and there are you know you get into this kind of realm of specialization like some bees can only visit some flowers not every bee is equipped to be able to get honey from or be able to get pollen and nectar from all different flowers. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so sometimes you have to have this perfect matchup to be able to get a plant pollinated, and you know sometimes that means it's not a honeybee. So if you want that specific crop or that specific flower to you know continue to reproduce, you have to make sure you know you have the right pollinator in your area. Correct. The tools of the like, job. Yeah, just like monarchs and milkweed is like the prime example of you know you have to have milkweed if you want you know your monarchs. Yeah, that. It's amazing, and it's so cool to, to go to dive deep into having here to, to talk about these things because, I mean, I'm learning so much. I know a lot about animals, but mm -hmm. I don't know everything. I, no one knows everything. Yeah, so much. Yeah, but there's so much to dive into, mm -hmm. and, and I love bees so much, and I always try to save them, and uh, we had a hive over by uh, where, where, where I work, and I always showed pictures of it, and unfortunately, they had to exterminate the hive because it was in an unsafe area. They could have relocated. I don't... Not my job. <laughs> Not my uh, realm, but um, the the honeycomb is still there, mm -hmm. um, of course, underneath that structure. So I, I showed you the picture. And, I mean, beehives are massive. They can be yeah. huge. Same thing with, like, wasps, mm -hmm. right? Paper wasps can make such big hives and trees and stuff. Yep. Um, so seeing the infrastructure of what these animals, these tiny animals can do Wild. in mass numbers mm -hmm. is mind-blowing. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you. Um, okay. Off the top of your head, I know there's uh, thousands of bee species, but what is your favorite? Oh, man. And I can narrow it down. What is your favorite Florida species? Oh, okay. I I don't know about Florida. Well, my favorite Florida, we'll say like family genus, because okay. I don't know the species, is something in the sweat bee family, because they are like bright neon green, and they're mm -hmm. teeny tiny. Like they're kind of one of those bees that you wouldn't think is a bee unless you knew and I think they're super adorable. Like they just are so fluorescent green, which is super cool. But my favorite bee across the board is one called Nomia iridescens. I don't think it has a common name. Okay. It's like all black, really fluffy. And then on its abdomen, on the very kind of tail of it, it has these bands that are iridescent. And as it like shifts in the light, the bands change colors. Oh, wow. It's wild. It doesn't even look like something you could like find in nature, which is super cool. The, no me iridescence. Mm -hmm. 
Check that out if you haven't done so. So cool. Yeah, Google Pictures. It's really cool. Nomia Iridescence. There's probably no common name, she says. Yeah. I 100% believe her because I've never heard of this uh, scientific name for this bee, but I'm sure it is gorgeous. Wait, isn't that the the bee that Anza drew for you? Oh Oh my goodness. Okay, so (laughs) one of our friends, Ansley, is just a gem of a human, and she, uh, we... Somehow it came up in conversation. I think we were like sharing TikToks back and forth, and this one TikTok came up that she sent me. The bee haw. Yes. Okay. And it was, and it was this guy talking about, well, what you know, if a bee was wearing a cowboy hat, would it say bee haw? And we got a kick out of it, and I was like, that's the funniest thing in the world. And then she decided to commit to the bit, which is my favorite quality in a human being. And she drew my favorite bee, Nomi Iridescence, wearing a cowboy hat with, you know, the caption, bee haw. And I think I'm going to get it tattooed on myself. I love it so much. Okay, I saw, I saw that and I had no idea what that was from. Mm-hmm. But coincidentally, someone at work was just like, oh my gosh, I think you would love this. And it was that video. No! And I, it, I didn't even know how, but I, it clicked. And I was yeah. like, wait a minute. I, I know what this is, but I have no idea what this is. Weirdly enough, and that was all from just seeing your, <laughs> your little story on oh Instagram. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing. Now, when it comes to the bees, do you have any like hobbies that go, that interact with them or kind of base around them? Or like, yeah. do you like to take photos of them? Stuff like that? I'm, I'm actually slowly getting into like insect photography just because it relates to my work a little bit. And okay. that's a whole other realm that I like, I'm, you know, there are people who are so skilled at it. But I love to pin insects and I've been doing that like since I first learned how to do it in early college. But essentially, anytime I find an insect that, you know, has, like, passed to the other side, yeah. it's gone, um, that's, like, still relatively intact, I'll pin it and add it to, like, my personal bug collection, um, which is probably the nerdiest thing I do. <laughs> Maybe the, like, creepiest thing I do. No, I mean, insects but, are so beautiful, and if you can, can prefers preserve them, yeah. in a way, like, pinning, it, you can really keep the magic of... Exactly. A tiny creature and the beauty that that a fragile thing could have. And so I think pinning's cool. Yeah, especially because most people don't ever get to, you know, see insects for a prolonged period of time. Especially things that, you know, fly and buzz around. Like, they're busy moving. And so, you know, if you can have one pinned, you can really take the time to, like, see all these features you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't get to see otherwise. So. Absolutely. And I've seen this tool that you use to mm-hmm. pin at work. Um, but tell them... <laughs> Tell everyone about this little tool. This, let me tell you, this thing is, fits in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. It is so tiny, but it's give them more permission. It's so small. It is, it's called an insect manipulator, which is just, it's, it's so niche, um, but essentially it's this little device that you can kind of attach the pinned insect to, so you can put it under a microscope and turn it on all axes, on all angles, so you can see every bit of it to help you ID it. Um, but it's just so specific, and there's no one, like it's made by one company, and one person that sells it, and it is obscenely expensive for what it is, like hundreds of dollars, which is just <laughs> absurd. And when I asked, when I asked, you know, my leaders to approve this purchase, they they did, and I got so many looks for it, and you know, I really had to prove its worth ever since. But hello, and you do because you pin it. Yeah, all the I, time. I use it every single day. Yeah, but. part of her job is to pin these insects that she finds out mm-hmm. in her field work and. And to help collect and preserve them and know their species and all that stuff um, for science. So it's yeah. amazing 
little work that this little thing can do. It's so tiny, but it's, it's so, so expensive. It's so small. I don't understand. There was actually a um someone someone put out like a a guide on how to make the same device out of Legos. <laughs> Because the, because the other one is so expensive that it's just yeah. completely inaccessible to most people. Correct. And so there's a Lego version that, like, I did the math and all the Lego pieces equal out to, like, 20 bucks or something. But you have to build it out of Lego. <laughs> and, I, you know, that probably doesn't look super professional. You're, like, in a fancy lab and you've got, like, a Lego, a Lego device. insect manipulator. <laughs> You're just like, I'm just working. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. Oh, my Legos, Legos fell apart. <laughs> So funny. Well, there's so many species of insect and and bug on this planet because Mm -hmm. uh, bug is the general uh, kind of name for insects or uh, same thing. So insects, bugs are a general name for all things that are kind of creepy crawly, pollinate, uh, Mm -hmm. fly, buzz around and stuff like that. And and a lot of people don't like bugs. They don't. They think of roaches as bad creatures and roaches... uh, are good because they eat poop. They eat mm-hmm. gross things uh, all around. Uh, other insects uh, waste and other animals waste. They People think that they eat food a lot. So, yeah. yes, we don't want to live with them, per se, but they are important creatures. And there are other important creatures like spiders. Yes. Spiders are super important. And uh, I have a super love for spiders. A couple of people I work with call me the spider queen. <laughs> because I am the number one person to save a spider that is in our building. <laughs> But they are important. I used to keep uh, 12 spiders was my twelve m- max. Yes. They were all tarantulas except for one. I had a fishing spider. That's super, so cool. super cool. Oh my God. I forgot their common name or scientific name. Um, but I acquired it from a gentleman that I was good friends with back in San Antonio who bred spiders. His, oh my gosh. his garage was turned into his reptile room, but he was a... Like his uh, kind of hobby was to breed spiders and sell them in the reptile trade. And so when you think of reptiles, like, or the reptile hobby, excuse me, you think of uh, like just snakes and lizards mm-hmm. and uh, frogs. Um, but insects fall under that category because you're not just going to go to the bug show. <laughs> like, I'm sure they have them, but usually yeah. they are paired with the reptile show and so the herp show. Um, and so spiders are a huge thing. Insects are a huge thing in there. I've seen places that show it sell like orchid mantis and um, other types of beetle, flower beetle and stuff like that. But um, spiders are number one and he, that's his job. And so I visited his place and he has hundreds of huge tarantulas. He actually has a true Goliath bird eater. Mm. Yeah, the true. Because there's other subspecies and species of bird eater yeah. um, tarantula, which are large, grow over six inches from leg to leg, but um, he has huge, huge things, and he also has venomous snakes too. So it's like cobra and diamondback rattlesnake and copperhead stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I acquired this all my spiders from him except for in this you have, one. You have a spider guy. I did have a spider guy. He was literally my guy. I only bought spiders from him at the show, or I went to his house and checked out his his stock. But. Spiders in general, they're great creatures because they are here to eat the bugs and mm-hmm. kind of limit. And yeah. same thing like other predators do, um, kind of manage wildlife out there, other exactly. wildlife. Keep those populations in check. Yes, you have to keep them in check, right? Yeah. And so yeah. um, my favorite things really when it comes to spiders are true, like tarantulas, true tarantulas. And a lot of people, I love to tell people this, but they're so scared of them, right? Yes, so big, scared. Big, scary creatures that have... Eight legs and two mm-hmm. arms. 
You're like, what? Arms? Yes. Spiders have two arms. They're called pedipalps. They're right by their fangs. Um, but tarantulas in general are amazing creatures. There's old, old world and new world tarantulas. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vaguely. Vaguely. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. there's two different types, old world and new world. So it's kind of the same thing with vultures. So there's old yeah, world vultures okay. and new world vultures. So old world is Asia, Africa, pretty much for here in the U.S., the other side of the planet. So that's yeah, okay. old world creatures. I think bats too. Yes, yeah, I think it's yeah. the same thing with most. I have a taxidermy bat, and I think someone told me that it was an old world bat. Ooh, yes, and I think it's a lot. It goes a lot with that's just the old world mm-hmm. before they traveled to North America, South America, yeah. and found the New World. Um, so species over there are different and have different characteristics that make them unique themselves. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, with vultures, old world vultures have feet like birds of prey where they have sharp long talons and very powerful feet and um kind of more on the label grungier looking side like a you know what i mean um and then you have new world vultures like condors and black vultures and uh king vultures which are gorgeous not that the other ones aren't but they have bright colors on them and their feet don't have sharp talons they kind of have just like normal uh toenails on them and they're Mm -hmm. not as powerful they rely on their beak to uh, deliver the force when it comes to eating and stuff like that. So when it comes to spiders, old world spiders rely on their venom and they're more toxic. So the old world spiders are going to have higher toxicity in their venom. Most of them are gonna be naked. They don't have a lot of hairs on them. And you think of a tarantula as having hairs, right? Yeah, super hairy. Yeah, super hairy bugs and bugs that like to flick it, but that's new world spiders. They like to flick their hairs. They're gonna have them on their abdomen and uh, you think, we, have to, we probably have to break down what the abdomen and the probably, thorax yeah. and <laughs> all that stuff of a bug is. Um, we'll do that in a second. They'll have uh, hairs on their abdomen, which they like to flick off. So that's really cool. And spiders are really good to think about. But let's break down the, the parts of an insect. Yeah. What's the most important part? So break it down. What is it? Okay, what are the parts so of? you have the thorax. Yes. And the abdomen. I would say those are like the two kind of key pieces. Yeah. You know, and the head. It, it, it's really yeah. head, thorax, and abdomen. Yeah, in that order. Unless... For spiders, it's carapace and yeah. thorax, and then other invertebrates is like mantle. Yeah. Or yeah. Thorax. So the thorax. Kind of odd. Oddballs. Yeah. yeah. So when you think about uh, an ant, an ant is yeah. a cliche mm-hmm. label to a bug, right? Yep. You usually see it on a book, a kid's book, a little ant. Super cute. And so they have their head. Yep. One the segment front one. Front part, just like ours. Yes. And the middle part is. Is the thorax. The thorax, and then the. The butt. Yes, the butt is the abdomen. Is the abdomen. And it's so weird to think about because when we look at human anatomy. Yeah. We think our abdomen is like the middle of us. Correct. But, yeah. but it's their end. But it's their end. And so it's the same thing uh, with most insects that have three segments to them mm-hmm. with their six legs. Six. Six. And then maybe two antennae. Yep. Or a bunch of eyes. Some mandibles in the front for chewing things. <laughs> Sometimes there's some kind of a proboscis. Like a, a straw. Like a butterfly? Like a butterfly, yep. A really long tongue or a short tongue sometimes if you're a bee. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, bees have tongues. Oh, I love this. I know. <laughs> we actually, we, a lot of people like will describe bees as short tongue or long tongue bees. And I literally was taking a class yesterday and the guy in the class was saying, sometimes the bees that we describe as short tongue bees, quote unquote, have long tongues, even longer than the long tongue bees. It's a terrible way to describe things. We just 
saw a bee with a long tongue, and we're like, that's a long tongue bee. This one's a short tongue bee. <laughs> Even though it has no relation to actual tongue length. That's funny. But yeah, most of the times when I'm like pinning them, they have their tongues stuck out, and it's so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and these are just like a, like a proboscis or like a trunk or yeah, something. Yeah, they essentially they're... just use it to like lap up the nectar that they're getting when they visit these flowers. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful little creatures. I know. <laughs> Okay. Oh I don't even remember what we were talking about. Insect parts. <laughs> oh, insect parts. Okay, yes. Legs. Six legs if you're an insect. Yes. Eight legs if you're an arachnid mm-hmm. with two arms and yep. two fangs. So the arms again, so eight legs on a spider with two arms, which are the pedipalps. So it creates 10 ligaments on a spider. So two are the arms, pedipalps. And for, for tarantulas specifically, you'll know... They're upset or in a, in a threatening posture, assuming they're upset just by what they're displaying. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the animal's thinking. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it's when those two center arms are sticking straight up because their fangs are exposed. And it's so cute. It really is, Isn't honestly. It? Just... I mean, they, I know they're trying to be intimidating and like, you know, saying like, I'm mad, stay away. <sighs> but, but it just looks so cute. It looks like them being like, oh. My hands are up. Hi. <laughs> I'm in. You got me. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> it's just precious. It sure is. But that, that's the general posture mm-hmm. you'll know for a spider to a tarantula to be upset because their fangs are underneath them. They lie flat yeah. on their body and they can move them maybe half a centimeter, a centimeter away from their body. Yeah. So they cannot bite you if they are just... On your hand. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to think about. And we were just watching that YouTube video. Yeah. You came in a little late, but they were holding a spider and they were like, oh, we've been open for 25 years mm-hmm. and we never had anyone bit. But when you think about it, a tarantula cannot just bite you straight down. Yeah. If you have like a, a wolf spider or some sort of arachnid that isn't a tarantula, then yes, mm-hmm. because their fangs are straight down, ready to go, kind of like in a pincer formation, um, exactly. which is like kind of addy, like inwards. Yeah. So they can easily just drop their body and bite you and so that's kind of like uh other arachnids other spiders out there i have a ridiculous tarantula story do you want to hear it let's go (laughs) okay so the the story's kind of two parts so when i was living back in san francisco for grad school um i there was this person this classmate that i knew and i had vaguely at some point kind of mentioned like oh i would love to try pinnings taxidermy uh, a tarantula and i said this like two you know years years prior to this and then I get a text ran, like one random evening and it's this guy and he's saying like, hey, are you in the lab? I have something for you. I say, okay. So he knocks on the door, I open the lab door and he's got a dead tarantula just in his hands for me. And he's like, hey, I know you said a long time ago you wanted to try pinning one, here you go. And I said, sure, okay. Come to find out it was like the school pet that had died. Oh no. <laughs> yes, rest in peace, Rosie. Um, But I accepted her and I pinned her, you know, whatever. Um, Fast forward, it is now middle of the pandemic, um, like it's March 2020. It is like, you know, go time. And I am moving back from San Francisco to Florida in the midst of all of this. And I had to get an oil change before I go. I've got all the stuff in my car, like shoved in my car, packed in my car. And I had Rosie, my sweet pinned tarantula sitting on my dashboard, like right (laughs) on the front of my car. Um, and I just like get to the place to get my oil change, throw on the keys, and like there you go. And then I like sit down in the waiting room that has like the glass wall, right? That you can like see where your car is. And I look over and I see these two really nice men get in my car, immediately freak out and jump out of my car. <laughs> I instantly remember that there is what looks like a live tarantula yes. sitting on my dashboard. <laughs> 
But to the, <laughs> to the surprise of the disease. Yes, yeah. And they come in and they're like, oh, ma'am. And I'm like, let me stop you right there. I know. I'm not going to offer any explanation except to tell you it's dead. And they were like, okay. And just finished giving me my oil change and left. That's and funny. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> Poor Rosie. She didn't know she'd be living on. She had no clue. She she rode that whole four thousand miles just right on my dashboard. Just incredible. Seeing the sights. She sun. saw America. She saw her spirit lived on through America. Yeah, she got really she won you know one last hurrah. For sure. Now by the name Rosie, I can only assume that it was yes. a, a rose hair. It was, it was a Chilean rose hair. Chilean rose hair. That is the cliche it name. It is every Chilean rose hair I've ever met, met is named Rosie. Rosie. Yeah. Yes, gorgeous little spiders, super docile and beginner mm-hmm. level, mm-hmm. but um, they are known for their brown color, but they, they have iridescent kind of smaller hairs that create a, this rose texture to them. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily texture, but color. And they're beautiful animals and most facilities that allow you to hold insects or arachnids have them because they're super docile and yeah. really easygoing. Great, great beginner pet when it comes to the spider world. Um, Cute ones. Yeah, I, there's so many thousand species, and when it comes to the venom, it's it's pretty crazy. My favorite is uh, Salmopoeus orminia, which is the Venezuelan sun tiger. Oh. It is a jet black spider, and it has um, on its arms it has like orange bands. But yeah. on the occasion, okay, I've seen that one. And then on their on its abdomen, it's like striped, like yeah. a tiger. Gorgeous animals, and I had a sling one time, but they're super hard to keep. Oh really? Super they just don't hard. do well. Mm-mm. And I lost it unfortunately, but. Oh. It's hard, especially keeping baby. And I said sling as in a spider lane. I don't want to say spider lane. They're called slings, <laughs> abbreviation. But yeah, I had a, a sling of a Venezuelan sun tiger that I got from my spider guy. Your spider guy? <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't make it. They're super hard oh. to keep. Their humidity needs to be like up there. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. It, very fragile little creatures, right? It's tough. Now, uh, let's see if I'm going to see. I'm going to ask you a question and we're going to go back to the kind of pollinators. Wrap it up on the spiders. Spiders okay. are great. Love them. Don't kill them. If you see one, get a cup, put it outside. It's all the last thing I have to say. But um, do you know off the top of your head how many species of pollinator are in the world? Oh, gosh. It's a huge number. I don't, but it has to be a massive number. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, it has to be massive. I mean, if we have 20,000 bees in the world, we have to have a similar amount of just butterflies. And those are only like kind of two name brand pollinators yeah you know so we recently found out that cockroaches pollinate things wait really Uh uh-huh oh my gosh yeah that's super cool yeah so cockroaches now you can add to the list of pollinators some mammals bats i mean most things arguably could pollinate that's true because how well they pollinate correct because Mm -hmm. they uh, might like a deer might brush up to a bunch of flowers Mm -hmm. that have pollen ready to go and they'll carry it on their fur and disperse it which then it will germinate and do all the fun stuff that plants do to create more plants and so that you you think about it everything can we could even do it on our shoes and stuff like that and people do sometimes like there there's a specific type of pollination that only bumblebees can do called buzz pollination where they will decouple their flight muscles from their actual wings so their whole body vibrates and they will attach themselves, they'll actually bite down um, on an anther where all the pollen is stored. And it's these certain types of anthers where if, if they are sh- uh, shook, if they're shaken, I don't know. At <laughs> Give it a good shake. At a specific like frequency that only that bumblebee can shake at, 
the pollen will actually come out of the anthers and land on the bumblebee. Whoa! Yeah, it's super cool. It's my favorite type of pollination. Um, and so, and that's for things like tomatoes are, are buzz pollinated. And so people who, you know, want, like grow tomatoes have tried their hand at figuring out other ways to, um, to pollinate these plants, like mm-hmm. using a tuning fork yeah. and things like that. And, and we can do it. But, but it's not as good as yeah, the bees. We'll never be as good as the bees. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's amazing. Buzz pollination. I know, yeah. To give it a good shake. But when you think about it, I've seen like Nat Geo documentaries where it comes to bees vibrating. Mm-hmm. And I know that they naturally um, kind of uh, move about in different patterns and how they speak to each other and yeah. emit their pheromones and stuff. Um, for certain situations in their life that they need to, to mm-hmm. communicate. But um, like with the Japanese giant hornets out in, in Japan, mm-hmm. those the ones that were here in the U.S. that got here and everyone freaked out about them and yes. literally mm-hmm. it was like a day and then yeah. you didn't hear anything else about <laughs> them. Too much other to worry about. Correct. The They're like, oh gosh, COVID's here. Uh. <laughs> not, not the hornets. Um, but it shows that they... The hornets go attack the bees and the bees fight back and mm-hmm. they vibrate yeah. to create friction, which then is heat. <laughs> and it, it just like melts it. Like it burns cooks, it. It yeah. cooks the, the bug and yeah. it kills it because the amount of vibration that these animals can do being so tiny and quick mm-hmm. and it, it creates that friction physics and it, yeah. it's heat. That's yeah. so cool to think they about. They can be highly coordinated and social you know, certain species when they want, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Is there any cool, uh, like bee social media accounts that you follow? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm trying to think there is, what's her name? Like the Texas. Oh, uh, Erica, Erica something yeah, you know to look her up about? while we're talking about this. She's a lot of people really, really love her. She's just works with honeybees. You Texas. Know, no shade to the honey. No, I'm literally shade looking, to the honeybees. Texas bee works. Yes. Erica Thompson. She's yeah. based out of Austin, Texas. Yeah which is an hour from where I'm from, San Antonio. Um, but you're right. Yeah. An amazing content creator, but not even just in the social media, but for the bees. Yeah. She has 78, yeah. seven, I cannot, I cannot, <laughs> today's the day, 788,000 followers on Instagram alone. Yeah. Uh, Texas Bee Works, check her out. Um, but she kind of does like an ASMR vibe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. She does like an ASMR vibe, which a lot of people love. And I think she, you know, shows, I think it's cool that she is a woman in beekeeping, which is really cool. Um, which is not historically the case. Um, and yeah, I love the ASMR vibe. The other one account that I'll plug that I don't have internet connection, so I can't get like the exact username, but I think it's just, if you search Packer Lab, they come up and they're like a, they're a university lab, but they post pictures of different bees and sometimes wasps, I think daily. Oh, I found them. Yeah. PYCU, the Packer collection at York yeah. University. And that one's super cool because they take gorgeous photos. And if you want to see just like the breadth of diversity in some of these bees and wasps. Oh my gosh. That's where you go. Like I'm, they, I'm already looking at this. Oh, what? That's crazy. Right? They're close up photos of these bees. I, I think this is a sweat bee. No. No! I, it's this one. It's really pretty though. Oh yeah, as a holictity, yeah. That's, right? How it's so iridescent, like purple and shiny. This thing would look like a wasp. Like, yeah. no joke, these animals look like wasps because we're so used to the abdomen of a wasp being kind of cone pointed shape. Mm-hmm. But... It can get tricky, yeah. It can get tricky and still be a bee. Now, yep. okay, speaking of the cone pointed shape and the abdomen being the place where the sting is, mm-hmm. um, do all bees sting? 
No, there are some bees that do not sting. And then there are also some, you know, within, within a bee social hierarchy, um, some of them don't sting, for example, like the males in some cases with honeybees, mm-hmm. or they can only sting once or things like that. And, and honestly, most bees in general, honeybees included, are, are really not aggressive. I mean, I've worked with bees for years now and I've never been stung on the job. Yeah. Like, never. Um, you know, to the point now where they'll land on me and I, I don't even think about it. And so, you know, I think it's like slowly, you know, retraining our brains to not freak out when we see a bee because most of the time they have zero interest in seeing us. It's going to be more work for them than it is. Correct. Know. And especially with bees, like after they sting, uh-huh. they unfortunately die. Yeah. And so it's not like a wasp that can sting you multiple times and live on yeah. its merry life. So exactly. you're right. It, they will not do it unless they truly feel absolutely threatened i was yeah. watching that youtube video and they're talking about uh, black widows mm-hmm. that they are the most venomous spider when you think about it but they are the most docile and they did some research on them on their venom and how they would bite yeah and it took them so many tries to get the spider to bite but it never would and this they said the kind of steps that the spider would do is run away the first thing to do is run away flee yeah. uh the scene right you don't want to get stepped on or killed so you're just going to run away Next is going to be a dry bite. So they'll bite you, but it'll be dry, which means no venom. And then the only way that they got this animal to bite you and to bite with injecting venom was to make it feel that its life was in 100% jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's all about that, that like energy <clears throat> expenditure, right? Like it's going to take so much work for them to remake all that venom and like, you know, it's, it's so much work. So they're, they're going to find the easiest route they can. Which is running away or yeah, flying away. Exactly. And most of the time, the only reason like a bee comes near you in the first place is because you might be wearing like a color that's very attractive to them, like yeah. yellow or blue or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they think you're a flower and they come up and they're like, can I steal nectar or pollen from you? And then they're like, oh no. You're, you're a human. person in a <laughs> blue shirt. All right. <laughs> You're not flowers. Oh my gosh! I literally, I I've actually held a a few honeybees Mm -hmm. that were just minding their own business, and I kind of put my hand there, and they kind of crawled up and just held them, and it's just a cool little feeling knowing that knowing and knowing that you wouldn't get stung by just holding this little animal and not showing it harm. Exactly. And uh, letting it always have that option to just leave whenever it wants to. So, so incredible. Uh, we only have 15 minutes left that we really can talk about a lot of things um, okay. when it goes to the bees. Um, but it's been such a joy having you on. I think, uh, what what else? Do you, want, do you have any questions for me about other oh, things? Oh my gosh. We have some time. I mean. <laughs> okay, my question is, I if I am going to like jump into the spider world, because yeah. I want to, where do I start? What do I do? What do I get? Oh my gosh. Uh, like just to keep them? Yeah. Or, so... Honestly, keeping spiders is so much fun and so easy. Um, there's a Instagram that you should check out called Tarantula Cribs. I'll share with you after Please this. Please tell me it's like houses. Like it's... No. They're literally... <laughs> I was picturing like MTV Cribs. No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. They're literally a plexiglass bit, like a, a kind of shoebox style, but oh, made for spiders. Okay. And depending on terrestrial or boreal species, they have certain uh, shapes or... Door openings. That's cool. 100% vigil- ven- I cannot talk today. Ventilation so that your animal always has fresh air. But um, uh, kind of, I mean, 
uh, there's spiders that you can hold and spiders you shouldn't hold. And so, uh, like, keeping a tarantula is not something like, oh, I always have to hold this animal to make it nice. Mm-hmm. There's some that the venom is so toxic that you just should just keep it and keep it in the hobby and not touch it. But um, I kind of just kind of look around and, and s- there are some, honestly, some Petco's that have good spider options. I would honestly go with you yeah, to, to yeah. look You're going to become my spider guy. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to take care of you and, and make sure this animal looks healthy and, yeah. and not a male. Uh-huh. And females live longer. And when you look, when you keep spiders, mm. you want to get a female primarily because males, yeah. once they become sexually mature, their goal is to just go find a female. Yeah. They will literally try to escape because their, their goal <laughs> is to woman. go find a female. And it's like that's the death option for them. When you think about it, because... Female tarantulas and female spiders, like uh, black widows, mm-hmm. they eat their males after they're done. Same thing with tarantulas. So people who breed spiders have to be there and intervene after these animals are done breeding. Because the female's goal is to eat him. Yeah. And if that's your male that maybe has good genetics or is a good breeder, you're like, I don't want him to die. Nature is wild. It sure is. <laughs> because there's sometimes that you miss and that female grabs him. Oh, and rip. It's... It's it. They inject their venom and he's dead. But uh, oh we'll, we'll right. go. we're gonna go spider shopping. We sure will. Yeah. I've <laughs> seen some. I've seen some cool stuff around here in Orlando. Oh my god! But they're super fun. I wish Jeff would let me have him. He's such. He's such an rock. Yeah, my roommate. I babysat my uh, one of my other friends' spiders once um, a couple months ago, and my roommate was. It was an unhappy week for her. She yeah. barricaded my room. Oh my closed. god! Yeah, like like with chairs. How a spider would... No, I don't know. But she she was scared. I thought Oh, that. my <laughs> gosh. I'm like, come on. I cannot let this animal out. It's going to live in there. Like, you won't ever have to be out when I'm yeah. changing it or, like, whatever. And the cool thing is, is that you get a spider that has that is known for building web. Yes. Because not all species are big web builders. Mm-hmm. They just will dig a hole yeah, and then the web is in their tunnel and that's it. But, like, uh, like a cyanopubescence that is... Um, the green bottle blue, which is known for putting web all over the place or something a little bit more so on the cool. adult, ad, ad, like advanced mm-hmm. realm, like a, like a goody sapphire or any of the, um, Pisilotheria, uh, genus, which are super pretty ornamental spiders are super webby or, uh, like gaboons and stuff like that. Really good, beautiful animals, but they're really known for webbing, and that's kind of the cool thing because they yeah. see how they make their own little like nest and realm. So we'll have cool. to go check it out. Yeah, spiders yeah. just so much. <laughs> All right. Well, we have talked so much about these bugs, and Morgan, it has truly been a joy having you on here. Oh and my gosh. I have learned so much as it is. Me too. It's been so fun. This is great. <laughs> I hope everyone listening appreciates bugs a little bit more. Really, you, you should. Know? Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna. I'm going to share your Instagram handle yes. in, in the a link uh, below for, for the kind of the bio for the show. Mm-hmm. So you can check her out um, and ask her any questions. If yeah. You want. Oh my yeah. gosh. Send all your bug questions my way. Please do. And, Happily answer and maybe them. she, she has, she's so smart, like so <laughs> smart. She could answer them easily cool. and um, share a little bit things that you can maybe do to help bugs out in your backyard oh and yeah. in your apartment and stuff like that. So check her out. Morgan's an incredible human. Um, I have one last question for you, Ooh, okay. and I was going to ask you earlier, okay. but what is your favorite part of, of sharing the magic of insects with guests? Oh my gosh. I, I love when I can kind of see that, that shift in people's kind of perspective when I can kind of share something that really opens up, you know, their 
you know, just, just kind of like gives them that spark, like something they didn't know about before. Like if I can show them a bee that's not a honeybee or bumblebee and they can see, oh my gosh, you know, there's something else. And now I'm a little excited and kind of give them that excitement to go and dig more on their own and kind of think about things a little bit differently. So I love when I can have those kind of special moments. And then I love when I can just go out and be with the bees. It's like a scavenger hunt every time I go out. I never know what I'm gonna find. And it's For sure, exciting. 300 species. I oh mean, you never know. And they can go wherever. I was thinking the other day, especially today, because it was a gorgeous sky this morning, mm. all the cirrus clouds up, it, thousands of feet in the air. And I was just looking up and I was like, wow, this sky is beautiful. And I was just like, it's crazy because these bugs, like you don't think about it because they're first of all small, mm -hmm. that they're just zipping through the air, like yeah. going to their next tree yeah. or flower grove or uh, body of water. Or it, on that scale. It is, and they could be like a couple feet above you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But they're just zipping through. That's and the thing, I, I always challenge people, and I mean like same for everyone listening, like go out on a sunny day um, that's a little bit warm and just find a spot with some flowers and just look at the flowers for a little bit you know, a couple minutes and I'm sure you will see some kind of crawling or buzzing thing that even when you sat down, you didn't see because once you, you know, you shift your eyes to that perspective, it's a whole different world. And there are so many things that you didn't, you know, you didn't see upon first glance. Correct. It's all about perspective. Yeah. It's perspective of wow. looking at things. What a great takeaway. <laughs> it sure is. Look at your perspective. Look at the world around you because planet earth is a beautiful place and we should all be doing mm -hmm. our part to conserve it even if it's just the little things. So yes. Morgan, again, it's such a joy. I will again tag her in the bio for the show so you can uh, go follow her and ask her any questions about bugs and ways that you can help out on your own. Um, and look into what Disney does for conservation because they're pretty awesome, especially Animal Kingdom when it comes to bee conservation and conservation for animals all over planet Earth. So yes. the things that uh, Disney does in the parks does have a play in what they're doing and the big term that you don't see because it's all the backstage work. So mm -hmm. thank you so much, Morgan. I'm so excited you were here. Of course, it's I'm, a blast. <laughs> it's such a blast. And um, that was it. I like to wrap it up. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the episode today. Thank you again, Morgan. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Be the star that you are. Save the bees. Save the bees. Because we're pollinators. <laughs> and other than that, we'll see you again next week. And we out. Bye. <laughs>how amazing is that learning about all these amazing little bees and butterflies and even spiders that you might not even learn or know about really and we were so excited to share them she is such an amazing person and such a, a whole heart especially when it comes to these little creatures so i hope you enjoyed it and learned a lot about bees and how many species and all these cool things and even with spiders, spiders are really cool. So I'm glad you all are here. Uh, don't forget, I haven't even asked about this or uh, recommended, but don't forget to subscribe um, to the podcast and leave a review if you please. I really enjoy that uh, to get some more feedback on it. Um, again, if you want to send an email uh, to uh, my email for this podcast, it's in the bio. You want to follow the Instagram at drinks tea podcast. Um, please do so as well. Give it a follow. Um, I will try to get some good content out there on there. So I look forward to it. I'm working really hard on this and I'm so excited that I've got so much love for it already. So um, with that being said, I hope to see you again next week. We'll see what we have in store for us. Um, but again, I hope everyone has a great, a great day or night whenever you're listening to this. Stay safe, stay healthy. Um, 
chase those dreams because you all are important and i'll see y'all next week have a good uh time friends and we'll see you later we out <laughs>